Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg. We've got Rick Gallagher back with us today. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Hey, good to be back with you. Today, we thought we'd talk about um, some long-term care insurance. So again, we've reviewed this a lot of times. We have this pyramid you can see on our website, what we call the family legacy pyramid. And the, the base of that pyramid, the fundamental part of that pyramid is, are we okay? As, as, is the client okay? Am I going to be okay? Are you as a couple or you know, are you going to be okay? And big part of that piece of the pyramid is insurance. Life insurance we've done, disability insurance, long-term care insurance is what we wanted to cover today because it's becoming such a part of all of our client conversations. We're just starting to deal with that more and more. So uh, first and foremost, Rick, let's just maybe explain at a high level, long-term care insurance, how what it is, what it covers, and how it fits into a client situation. Yeah. And Austin, I, I appreciate the intro that we try to talk about a lot of different kinds of insurance in the comprehensive planning phase of new client relationships. And I think it's I think it's important because what we notice with a lot of clients when they first come to us is there's a number of blind spots in their overall financial life. And some of them they're aware of, some of them aren't. Uh, long-term care tends to be one of those. So the purpose of long-term care insurance is really to pay policyholders a daily or monthly amount up to kind of a pre-selected limit for services that would assist them with activities of daily living if they're not able to do those on their own. Um, And I'll talk about what those are in a minute, but you can select from a range of different care options and different benefits to get the services you need when and where you need them. So the activities of daily living that I mentioned those include things like eating and bathing, dressing, grooming, using the restroom, transferring like from a bed to a chair. If you're unable to do, I believe it's two of those things or more, then you're eligible to be, you know, sort of on claim and collecting benefits from a long-term care insurance policy to get the services that you need, you know, to help you do that stuff. And I think that's, you know, you went through those six things. Those are key elements to, um, you know, just somebody's daily life. But sure, only having to, to meet two of those six or qualifying or two of those six really means that it's pretty likely or that ultimately someone will be able to qualify for this type of insurance. It, it don't have to be maybe completely disabled or yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be as bad as you think, you know, it can, we can, you know, you can design a policy that can be pretty not lenient. You still have to, you know, go see the doctor and get it right. signed off, but um, it can come into play pretty early on for people. Yeah. It's not like you have to be just stricken in bed. You can't do anything at all. You, you don't have to be in a vegetative state to get benefits from this type of an insurance policy, which which is why we again see it as kind of a part of of um, 
a comprehensive plan. And I know you're going to get into some of the statistics and what we're seeing at a high level for reasons for it. But um, I guess let me mention just there, there's a couple different ways that these policies get set up. The first is sort of the traditional long-term care insurance policy, which is similar to a lot of insurance that we're used to, um, where it's, you know, you kind of pay a premium typically on a monthly basis and you either use it or lose it. The insurance company can change those premiums, right? They're not typically, uh, you know, pushing those premiums down in cost. They're typically going up. And yeah, weird. It's weird that healthcare never seems to get cheaper, right? <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> seems like that's the case with a lot of things these days. <laughs> so that, you know, I think maybe the easiest thing is, I think car insurance is the easiest comparison here for long, the traditional long-term care, right? Yeah, good analogy. Car insurance, you pay into, you pay your insurance company. If you never get in a car accident, it's not like the insurance company gives you your money back and says, here, you didn't ever use this, right? Right. No, they're keeping that money. So that's... And even to that, you know, you get in a car accident and you still have to basically fight your own insurance company to yep. give you the money, right? So right. that's traditional long-term care, I think, is somewhat comparable to to car insurance in that regard. So what we've seen with a lot of clients is that they will often buy these traditional long-term care policies when they're younger, maybe in their 50s, maybe in their 60s, thinking, I'm going to take care of this. And then, you know, by the time they get to their mid 70s, maybe upper 70s, the thing has expanded in cost. And they say, you know what? I'm, I'm done with that. I'm ditching that. And by the time they actually need it, you know, maybe that's in their early 80s, they've kind of said, okay, I, I can't keep paying this every month. And so it's not available. So good to have. We prefer a, a different approach, which is what we call a hybrid or linked benefit insurance policy which we see is more flexible. It, it has some insurance company guarantees built into it, um, where essentially you can put money into this policy all at once. You can just pay, say, $100,000 right up front into the policy and have it set up for life. And, and there's some companies that will allow you to pay over the course of 10 or you know 20, maybe even 25 years, depending on the carrier. And, and essentially, we'll talk a little bit more about those, but essentially what they do is provide not only a long-term care benefit if you need it, say in your early 80s, but they also allow you to get a death benefit if you were to die without ever using the policy for long-term care. And if you say, hey, you know, 10 years into it, I want to ditch this and be done with it, they will typically have a return of premium um, feature built in so that the money that you put into the policy you know, can come back out to you. Um, one other, I think one other quick thing, and then we can move on from the, the nuts and bolts of, of how these policies look and work is that you can be paid if you actually go on claim. So if you, you know, you have an issue with two of those six activities of daily living, um, that when you go on claim, you can either be reimbursed with cash coming to you from the policy for the actual expenses that you incur, or you can um, be on what's called an indemnity plan where the policy will pay you a maximum monthly or maybe even a daily, depending on the policy, benefit, which can even exceed the amount of cost that you're incurring um, for the services you need. So most clients like that indemnity option. The reimbursement option has some has some benefits to it as well. But 
maybe bottom line of this is that there's lots of flexibility and lots of ways to to help cover this. Um, and we're well prepared to help clients walk through uh, the different options. Yeah. And that indemnity piece really is critical. Um, you know, those traditional long-term care, just to touch on that again, real quick, is going to be really limited yeah. from the standpoint of typically those policies, you've got to be actually, you know, admitted into a facility or they're really strict sort of in what they can be used for. Whereas those hybrid or linked benefit policies you're mentioning, you know, with that indemnity just gives clients a lot more flexibility. So let's talk about why then you really need one of these plans and what that relates to why that indemnity plan really is preferable because you know statistically as we as you look sort of across the landscape of people who need long-term care or are using long-term care type services 70% of those claims or 70% of those people those claims start at home now they may ultimately end up because of the severity you know they may end up needing to go into a facility or something but they really start at home yeah. and being able to use that money under that indemnity plan, use the money a little bit more um, freely f- for those types of services can be really important. Um, and I think the pandemic really actually shifted a lot of people, you know, all the horror stories you heard about were happening in long-term care facilities, right? During that right. period, that sh- that's really accelerated this trend to people wanting to be at home in general, um, receiving this type of care. Okay. So there's, you know, this shift towards at-home care, 52% of people age 65 today are, will need some form of long-term care. And that's a lot of people that are going to end up needing some form of care. And that in turn leads to a lot of people needing to provide the care. Um, this is something that we hear so often from our clients. The number one reason why we're having these conversations is clients say, I don't want to be a burden on my family. Right. You know, it's likely that I'm going to need some care or I know my mom or my cousin or somebody needed this care. I, you know, it's likely one of us may need it, but I don't want to be a burden on my family. So AARP did a study in 2020 and they looked at the what they call informal caregivers and who was providing this sort of at-home care. So in 2015, 23% of millennials, 25% of Gen X, nearly 40% of baby boomers um, were providing some form of informal caregiving to a family member. In 2020, that is now, you know, those numbers are starting to tick up. Now, 6% of Gen Z, so Gen Z is people who were born 1997 or later. So 6% of Gen Z. 23% of millennials, 30% of Gen X. So those are all, you know, sort of heading in the getting higher. Baby boomers actually went down from 39 to 34%, but that's because they're now receiving the care instead of giving it, right? There's just such a huge percentage of people, of family members or um, neighbors, friends, whoever it may be, who are having to provide care for you know, again, their family members, because there isn't this insurance or something that can come in and pick up the more expensive costs of getting actually professional care. And the sort of, you know, a lot of people now are what they call the sandwich generation, where they've still got kids either at home or maybe early in college, early in life. And then their parents who are entering retirement and needing care, and they're having to 
focus on taking care of both of those people financially and in in other ways. So it's becoming such a major part of people's lives. And we're seeing that more and more with our clients. Um, So it's 25% of informal caregivers are those sandwich caregivers. So that, you know, that's the average sandwich caregiver is 41 years old. So think about, you know, 41 years old, kids at home or, you know, teenagers still, plus having to take care of parents. Um, and that can be a real strain for those you're trying to have a job as well as take care of these people, right? It can make a, um, a real financial burden on people because they may not be able to work as much or do other things. Um, and the, in this study, they say that 50% of these informal caregivers had no choice but to do it. The situation got so bad with their family or whatever that it had to be done and there was no money or to do anything else. It just, you know, it takes over that part of their life. Yeah. And Austin, I think, I think you and I are in a, a fortunate position, both of us, where neither of our parents are in this situation yet. But I think it's fair to say both of us have seen our parents having to care for their own parents to some extent in right. in these situations. And I'm glad it's not us yet. And I, I hope that it doesn't have to be. I think anybody who, and I've talked to a number of clients about this, anybody who has seen someone else giving care to a parent or, or another person, you know, they see how tough it can be, not only physically in a drain on your time, but it can be emotionally difficult as well, no doubt. Yeah. You know, and the other interesting thing here, I want to get into some of the costs here soon, but it's becoming, I think, such a, I don't know if issue is the right word, but becoming such a big part of people's lives. You're starting to see governments, both locally, state, and federally, start to try to figure out how can we address this problem. The state of Washington has been kicking around. I don't think it's gone quite into effect yet, but it's close. Basically, if you they're going to add a payroll tax, either you can tack on a little bit extra to the payroll tax to start funding long-term care, or you have to go out and buy your own. If you get a policy, then you don't have to pay the additional tax. But if you're not going to get a policy, then there's some taxes. So you know they're still kicking. I think we're going to start to see more and more legislation of that type because it's starting to just become such a major thing with how long people are living and the amount of people who need some level of care. There's going to have to be, you know, we certainly want to help our clients address it. So we don't have to, typically, if you're relying on the government, you may not be in the place you want to be in, right? We'll just leave it at that. But, um, and to be able to qualify for a lot of the government programs, now you have to spend down other assets and right. It gets complicated. Right. So we want to try to help our clients address it, but you know, people should know that these types of things, I think we're going to start hearing about more and more because it's becoming such a burden on society at large with all these informal caregivers and and the increased healthcare costs for all that. So let's get into the costs there because, you know, as we sort of joked about earlier, um, healthcare doesn't seem to, to get cheaper each year. Right. It, um, and so let's, let's talk about sort of the difference in costs between... Um, I think we've got some numbers here on assisted living facilities versus at-home care and sort of what that averages out to look like across the country. Yeah. So, I mean, costs, assisted living facility rates, and I I believe 
correct me if I'm wrong, but we're looking at this since 2020, basically since the beginning of the pandemic, that costs to be an assisted living facility have increased 6%. Um, homemaker and home health aid services have increased by four, maybe four and a half percent. Um, yeah, and that, you know, this is really, it's going to be 2021 numbers, right? Because typically these studies are done. So if you think about the inflation right. issues we've um, been dealing with this year, these numbers aren't going to necessarily reflect what the the numbers for this year are. But again, they're not going to be lower. I think we can yeah, we yeah. feel pretty so, safe in saying right. that. Right. So so these are through 2021. And, and yeah, to your point, 2022 is only going to be uglier. So just just to finish it off, that private room nursing home rates have increased three and a half percent, and semi-private room um, increased, you know, three and a quarter percent. So it's interesting that this um, study from Genworth um, also mentions that that seventy percent of long-term care claims, like you mentioned earlier, begin at home. So they don't necessarily begin in these facilities. That's just where they end up. Yeah. So if you look at just, they did a study, um, or the, they have sort of this website that we, we use when we're looking at financial plans so that we can give their best guess estimate at what costs are. Um, and they estimate that even for in-home care, if you need some sort of home health aid or just in-home care, you know, is really running close to, let's call it, you know, for just just about five thousand dollars a month is the Wild. the national average um, in terms of monthly costs for people who need that at home care. Now, if you're in an assisted living facility, that can obviously vary. Um, whether you're in a private room, semi private room, the type of facility you're in, but if you want a private room, and you know, again, I think the Utah numbers are probably a little bit lower, but you know, knowing that. We have clients all across the country, so we're looking at some of these national averages. They're estimating if you need a nurse, if you're in a nursing home in your own room, so you're not sharing a room with someone, you're in your own room, you're really looking at about $9,000 a month in terms of total cost. So that can be, you know, pretty dramatic increase in expenses for people as they, um, you know, when you need these types of services. So it's really something you don't want to be trying to figure out once you get there, but planning ahead for, and that's where these, you know, having a policy an insurance policy in place um, to make sure you can cover a bulk of that cost, if not all of it. Yeah. And so we often hear clients say, well, you know, we, we have this bucket of money sitting in a bank or, you know, we have a lot of equity in our home. And if, if we really end up needing this, we'll just, we'll hit those assets and use it for that. Right. And a couple things come to mind when folks say that to us, often they're saying that to us when they're younger and healthy, right? They might be in their, their late fifties, their early sixties. And the reality is that a lot of these kind of healthcare costs may not be hitting them until their late seventies, their early eighties. So there's a good, there's a good 20 years before these potentially big costs begin to hit. And there's a lot that can happen in those 20 years, especially with inflation, um, even, you know, not necessarily five, six, eight, nine percent inflation, but even just two and a half, three percent um, that increase those costs and, and really eat away at the ability for that bank account to um, cover these long term care costs as people age. So that I, I think that's where we see 
the benefit in in not only self-insuring, but self-insuring in, we like to say self-insuring in a smart way where you're using kind of a leverage that, you know, a, a, an insurance policy gives you where, yeah, you you set a bucket of money aside, but then the insurance company gives you some guarantees, contractual guarantees that say, if you need this, you know, this bucket of money will balloon into, you know, a significantly larger sum to help cover these long-term care costs later in life. Yeah. So, you know, to your point, it, it sort of becomes, and I've had this conversation with a lot of clients. I think, I don't know that long-term care necessarily is going to be a need for everybody, right? Sure. There are different, depending on your, your situation, but it can help, as we mentioned earlier, not be a burden on the next generation, but can be a really effective way to preserve assets, right? You mentioned, well, we've got our equity in our home. We could use that. Or if we want to try to preserve that, there may be another approach. And it's one of those things when we're doing our planning, you know, time still is your biggest asset, whether that's saving for retirement or with a lot of these things, time, the earlier you start, the earlier you take a look at it, then the cheaper ultimately it, it can end up being because of that time and the you know, the leverage part of it, you mentioned now, you know, we're not talking about leverage, like we're, you're taking on debt or anything like right. that, but just this ballooning effect that these policies can have. Um, and there's a handful of different companies. So again, we're, you know, we're looking around at the marketplace and figuring out what's ultimately best for clients, but it can be an effective sort of asset preservation tool, you know, to that end we we see it even with our high net worth clients who candidly, they don't need it. They got plenty of money. They could pay for this themselves, but they understand the value of using the insurance company's money instead of their own. Yeah. And I it just one other maybe final point on that, which is um, for those folks that, you know, they certainly have the assets, there's something powerful in in being able to to look their future caregivers, often their children in the eye and say, look, we have this in place and it's covered. That's taken care of so that if we end up in this long-term care kind of situation, whether it's at home or in some kind of a skilled facility, that we're not eating into you know, the assets of our estate um, to pay for that. It's covered. It's taken care of. And this, this maybe leads me to one other point, which is that I, I think you as a caregiver, as a child of a parent that's aging, and again, not in that situation, hope never to be, but I get the sense that you can either give the care or the love and that it's tough to do both. That if you're helping your aging parent with one of those activities of daily living, um, that you know it's, it's going to be harder to love them if you're also having to do those, those basic things without getting into detail there. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of value in being able to say this is taken care of, it's covered, we're good. And then, you know, the opportunity for those caregivers to come in and give love rather than care. Yeah, I think that's that's really the perfect sort of bow on it, that it does come back to the people. There's people behind this money. There's yeah. your, you know, there's family relationships and the financial plan can help with those relationships as well. Again, not just the money side, but the having those things taken care of and taking the pressure off those caregivers. So I think that's that's a perfect place to wrap up. 
here. So if you have questions about long-term care insurance, you think it may be something that can fit in your situation, or if you want to try to get out ahead of potentially being one of those sandwich caregivers, we'd certainly love the opportunity to have this discussion with you and look at what options may be. It's certainly something that we address for all of our clients. If you have any other questions, you can hit our website at wittenbergwealth.com, or you can send me a text at 801-839-7056. Thanks for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast, and be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.